Welcome everyone. I'm your host, Karen Esparza. On today's episode, I will be talking about being stuck in a rut. We've all been there, right? Or maybe we're in one now. Being in like a a married rut, a work rut, a body rut, at home, all different kinds of ruts that you didn't even know that you could you could be in, right? I mean, I think we all go through periods when we feel stuck. It's not uncommon at all. I, I've found that a lot of people feel this way and we as women are afraid to talk about it because we're afraid that people are going to think we are complaining or ungrateful, unappreciative, um, but I'm finding that's not the case. That's not the case at all. Because we as women have so many roles in this life, I think that this is extremely common for us to, to feel this way. Um, it feels like, like you're just going through the motions and you're just running in place. Does, does that sound about right? You do the same things over and over, and it doesn't seem to get you anywhere, right? I think we can we can all agree that that's what it feels like. Every day, it seems the same. So I'm going to give you a rundown of this list, and then you say yes or no if you feel like this at all. These are the ways that I found When I was going through my rut, um, I still go through them. But these are the things that I was looking at and wrote down about everything that I was feeling when I was in a rut. So every day feels the same. It seems the same. Like you feel like you're... um, like you're on, like you're in Groundhog's Day, right? You go to bed and you wake up and you do the same thing over and over, over again. Like the day never changes. You forget. You're like, is today Monday? Is today Tuesday? What's today? You just completely forget what day it is. Um, you feel like you're just trying to get through another day, right? <clears throat> like you, you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, God, okay. This is what I have to do today. I've got to take the kids to school. I've got to take the dog to the vet. I've got to go pick up the medication. You know, I've got to, um, got to go to the store. I've got to do, and it's like, it's just, you go through this whole rundown of everything. And the thought of putting your feet on the ground is just like, not today, not today. I don't want to do this today. I just want to lay in bed. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to talk to anyone. I just want to stay here in my room and not exist to the world. Another thing, feeling unmotivated. If you used to love working out and now you just can't even think about it at all. Um, if you're like me and you have a, a, a workout bike in your room and you're like, yeah, I see you, but I just, I just can't get on it right now because the thought of doing 20 to 30 minutes on a bike is just unreal just unreal today to try to do, right? Um, Feeling unfulfilled. That, that is another thing that's just like, 
why do I feel unfulfilled? Why do I feel like I have this and I have that? I should feel like I've got it all. Why do I still feel like there is a void? Like something is missing. The biggest thing is you wanting to change, but you're too scared. You're way, way, way too scared of the change. It's like change is scary. I hate change. I can't stand change. Like it scares me. It freaks me out. It gives me anxiety. It can send me into a panic attack with everything changes too quickly. And that was a big thing for me not to move forward because I'm so scared of change. And trying to get out of that was hard. But it can be done. Being stuck in this rut for, let's take the first topic of relationships. Being stuck in a rut in a relationship. Um... This is with anything. I think this can go for friendships. I think it can go um, married life. It can go for someone who is in a committed relationship, you know, with your boyfriend, your girlfriend. Um, it, it, it can be in, in any of these relationships. It can be with your family, your sisters, your brothers, your, your mom, your dad, anyone. Being stuck um, in a rut in married life, you have to be really careful with that because what I think happens um, when you get into a relationship and the honeymoon phase lasts, what, maybe six months, right? And then as you're progressing and the relationship is getting more and more serious, you find that real life starts to happen and that's where the scary part comes in because because you think we used to be so happy and we were so in love and everything was so great and rainbows and butterflies and ponies and and just fantastic and now what happens like especially if you decide to live together right you decide to live together and I mean, my husband and I went through this when we were dating. It was like everything was fantastic and great. And then we moved in together and then it was still fun. Uh, but then reality in real life kicks in and you're like, we're doing the we're doing the same thing all the time. So we changed it up and we would start doing things differently. When we got married, that happened too. I would tell him. The one thing that scares me the most is turning into an old couple while we're still young. Does that make sense? Do any of you relate? You get married and you're like, no, the fun bus doesn't stop just because we're married. I was really scared of that. And I would always tell Ariel, like, babe, look, like we're... I feel like, you know, we do the same thing over and over again. You know, we get up at a certain time, you get dressed, you go to work. I'm, I'm here at home. I take care of the home front. I do everything the same here every single day. You get home at the same time every day. We figure out what we want for dinner. We eat dinner. We watch TV. We take our showers. We go to bed. 
that was the same thing we were doing every single day. It was making me crazy. And if you are someone who doesn't really fall into that routine because it doesn't, you're just not comfortable and it doesn't make you comfortable, that's going to make you batshit crazy because it made, it was making me crazy. Ariel was like, I'm totally fine. Like, I like knowing what I'm doing, you know, from sun up to sundown. And I'm the type of person who's like, I don't. I want, I want things to be like, I want to, I want to do different things daily. But wanting to do things differently, you know, daily and change are two totally different things. I just didn't want to feel like we're not fun anymore. There's no like, there's no, there's no spark to what we're doing. Like we're just, we're becoming an old married couple. And that freaked me out. So that started to add on to my being in this rut. And, and it's like, I'm happy, but why do I feel like this? Is this, is this unhappiness? Is this depression? Like what, what is this feeling? And when I really just dug into what it really means, it wasn't at all that we were becoming an old married couple. It's that we got really comfortable and we are one another's best friends. Like your partner should be your best friend. And you you don't have boring times with your best friend. So I had to turn my whole perspective around. Like us living day to day with what we're doing, what we know we're doing on the daily, it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's stability. Like we, we know what we're doing. I would say, okay, let's go and do date night. Let's go to a movie. Let's figure out who's coming. You know, let's go to a concert to change things up so that you could throw in the fun in your daily life. Does that make sense? And I've talked to a lot of couples and when I've asked them, what are you doing to change up your daily life and they're like uh nothing yeah you you can't do nothing and expect change to happen so what you should do my advice my opinion what helps me in my marriage is to say I know that this week is busy next week though I want to take you on a date this is where we're going to go. And then you make the plans. I think we as women, we wait for the men to make the plans. And then we get upset when they don't do it. They don't know. They, they, they really don't know. Now, some of you have men that do that. I applaud you. I think that's great. I think it's fabulous. I think you've got yourself a unicorn. That's outstanding. But the ones that don't have that, we have to say, Look, babe, this is what I want to do. And if I go and I tell my husband, hey, look, on Friday night, you and I, let's make zero plans. To, like, let's let's stay in. Let's go out. Let's do. Th-. If I tell him, he'll be like, yeah, OK, that's fine. Let's do it. And so these things have changed the rut 
in a marriage. They've changed it in my marriage. And we have to be, we have to be proactive. We have to do things. We, we can't wait for other people to make us happy. We need to make ourselves happy. That's a big thing. Like really, really let that sink in. You are the creator of your happiness. If you allow people to be the ones to create happiness in your life, you're going to be disappointed all the time. That is something that I've learned. Happiness is not a destination. Happiness is something that you create every day for yourself because if you're good, everyone else will be good. Everything else will just be right. That's just the way it is. Ladies, we are we are the queen of our castles. We really are. Because think about it. If you're pissed off, everyone in the house has a weird vibe, right? If if your vibe is off, the vibe in the house is off. Everyone's like, "Uh, okay, this is just not it's not gelling today. I don't know what's going on." But if you are in a great mood, then everybody else is kind of like, okay, you know, I kind of like this. I kind of like this just going, right? I mean, it may not be everybody, but for the majority, especially in my house, that's, that's how it, that's how it rolls here in, in my house. Next, work, life, ruts. Oh God, I could sit here for hours and tell you all about the work-life rut and why I am no longer a part of it. And I will never, ever, ever be a part of a work-life rut ever again. I just, ugh, it makes me sick thinking about what I used to put myself through. So in my experiences, what I was doing was I was changing jobs. I would I would change a job constantly if I felt like, okay, this job's not making me happy. Um, I'm going to go to the next one. No, this is not. Okay, I'm going to go to the next one. I'm gonna keep, I would job jump a lot. I'm going to explain the difference. When you are just jumping from job to job because you're looking for a better opportunity, you're looking for better pay, better benefits, absolutely all day long you should definitely jump from one job to the next. If you are bettering yourself, making more money for yourself. Job jumping just because you don't like the hours. <laughs> um, like within reason, you know, I, I don't know if I'm even explaining that right, but I think you, you get where I'm going with this. There's a difference between doing it for the right reasons and the wrong reasons. Me, when I got older and I started to get more experienced with work, I started to realize what I was worth in the workplace. And when I realized what I was asking for was not out of reason, it, it was it was something that I was doing because I knew I was worth it, is when I really started to realize that last job that I had, they didn't appreciate me at all. So because they didn't appreciate me, I started to not 
give a shit. If I'm going to be completely honest, I didn't care. I had some really crappy managers. Um, It became a very hostile, toxic environment. And I stuck it out. I stuck it out as long as I could because it was a job. I was comfortable in this job. And I was not going to make change. I was like, they're going to have to fire me to get me out of here because I'm not leaving because I like my pay. I like that I can sit here and I can do what I want. And no one tells me anything. And if they do, I don't really care. And so I was very, very comfortable. But in that comfort, I didn't realize that I was bringing health issues to myself. I was starting to get really, really bad anxiety attacks. And they would only happen at work. I was starting to get migraines and they would only happen at work. The minute I would walk in and I would sit at my computer, I would immediately start to feel bad. Like I just felt sick. And it was like, what is happening? Every single day I come to work, I feel like shit. But the minute I clocked out, I got in my car, I felt better. And when I started to realize this was happening, I was like, I think, I think my workplace is toxic. I think, I think I need to start figuring this out. So I had bought a brand new car. And at the time, I was living paycheck to paycheck really bad. Like, ugh, it was, I had no business buying a new car at that time, living paycheck to paycheck. But I did it. Here I am. Brand new car. I don't think I even made the first car payment. And I went to work. I was sitting at my desk and um, one of my coworkers came up to me and said, you look so unhappy. Like you look like you're just not, you're not here. When you're here, you just don't seem focused. You don't seem like you want to be here. What's going on? And I said, I don't, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this, but it's a paycheck. And I just got a brand new car. And now I have to stay here. And my coworker said, Karen, you're so much better than this. You're wasting your talent here. You should really think about going out on your own. And I heard what my coworker had to say, but it didn't really like, it didn't hit home. So I went home. I thought about it. And I thought about it. And it still wasn't... mm, it wasn't really doing anything for me. I went back to work the next day and um, one of my managers I felt was always micromanaging me, always. And I couldn't make this person happy to save my life. I would do what they wanted me to do and it still wasn't good enough. And so I felt like, you know, I think this is just, this has just become a place where I think they want me to leave. Um, for their own personal reasons, but they don't know how to tell me because they can't just fire me for nothing. That has to be a reason. And they haven't been given a reason. So after this last argument, this final argument I had with one of my managers, I went home and I said, I've had enough. I've had enough of this. Does that paycheck really mean more than my sanity? and my mental health? And the answer was no. And I thought, 
if my car gets taken, so be it. it so be it. I'll, I'll find something else. I'll make it work. I'll, I'll figure it out. And I think that lasted for maybe about another week of feeling this way. I go to work and another issue happens with the same manager. And I'm like, yeah, I've had enough of this shit. I've had enough. I go home. I tell Ariel, I know this is at a really bad time, but I think I'm done. I think I'm done working there. And uh, I don't know how I'm going to do it because I only have like $300 in the bank. I haven't paid any of my bills yet. Um, They're coming, but I don't have enough to pay my my car payment uh, and my bills. So I don't know what I'm going to do, but I can't spend another day at that job. I, I can't do it. And he was so supportive of me. He said, you do what you need to do and the rest will just work itself out. And so that night I wrote up my resignation letter. I went to work the next day and I gave it to my bosses and I said, I've had it. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I left and I was so scared but so relieved because I was in a horrible work rut and because I was so scared of change I stayed and that's the that's the worst thing to do because why are you staying in a in a job that if you were to die tomorrow they would replace you within a week right if you think about that like that's so shitty They're not going to save your spot. They're not going to retire your chair or your computer and then, you know, never, ever fill your position. No, this is a business. It's going to it's going to keep going with or without you. And when I really let that sink in, I'm like, this work rut is not worth it to me. I left, drove out of that parking lot and I never looked back. Never. I was so grateful to get the hell out of there and then I get home and I'm like yeah, I quit that shitty job I don't care I'm independent and then I'm like wait hold on how much money do I have in the bank $300 car payment bills what the shit am I gonna do what the shit am I gonna do and I created my very first business. I was an esthetician for a very long time. So this is what I did. It's a very, very, very risky. And if you're going to do this, let me tell you, the hustle is real. It's so real. But when it's sink or swim time, let me tell you, you are going to fight for your life and you're going to do it because you're strong enough to do it. If you can quit that job and you can open up your business with zero idea what you're doing, it can be done. Let me tell you, it can be done. With $300 in my bank, scared shitless out of my mind, I said, okay, tonight I'm going to write up a business plan for myself. I'm going to go on every site And I'm going to look for a bed. I'm going to look for towel warmers. I'm going to look for product. I'm going to look for 
I'm going to look for clients. I'm going to look for everything. And I'm going to start an at-home business. I'm going to be an esthetician from home. At this time, I had not been an esthetician for years because I was in the medical industry forever. I was doing that forever. So I didn't know who would jump on board with me. I didn't, I didn't know what the hell to do. Not only that, I didn't have a space. I didn't have a space for this business. So $300, nothing, nothing at all to start this business. No clients, no space, nothing. But that didn't stop me. That did not freaking stop me at all. This is how I started it. I sat down at my counter, brought out my pen and paper, and I said, okay, what do I need to start this business? I wrote everything out. Then I went on to Amazon. I went on to Marketplace, Craigslist, everywhere I possibly could, and I found all the equipment that I needed. Then I found product, not just any product, because I did not want to use just any old stinking product. I found a product. I threw $300 into my business. Remember, I still haven't paid any of my bills. I still haven't paid my first car payment. the, The bill's coming up. Like the due dates are coming up. And so I knew that if I didn't start that week seeing clients, I was screwed. I was totally screwed. That pushed me to figure it out, right? Sink or swim. So after I got everything, found everything I needed, bought everything I needed, I think within a, like two, three days, I, st- I started up a Facebook page. I started an Instagram page. And I literally blasted my new adventure to everyone. Everyone, 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 everyone. I was like, I'm going to be doing facials. I'm going to be doing brow waxes. I'm, you name it, I'm going to be doing it. Chemical peels, everything that falls under my license, I'm going to be offering that. I started at a reasonable price, right, for everybody, just kind of like an introductory thing. I was so shocked how everyone I reached out to jumped on board. They all jumped on board with me. Within a week's time, I had everything I needed. I had clients with the exception of I didn't have a space. (laughs) Where was I going to put these people? What was I going to do? I thought, okay, I I can do facials on my patio, right? Because I have really pretty patio. It was a beautiful scenery. Um, it was, you know, overlooking beautiful trees. It was just a really nice area. And then it was cold. <laughs> it was so cold that day. And I'm like, okay, my first client is done. This isn't going to work. I can't do this. I can't do this outside. So... Uh, I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but that's what I did. And then that plan didn't, didn't work out. So I talked to Ariel and I'm like, I'm going to take over the living room of our apartment, our two bedroom apartment. I'm going to, I'm going to take over the living room every day for months. I would 
push the couches back. I, w- I would move our coffee table into uh, our bedroom and <laughs> I would just, I would just, um, I, I would just do my facials in my living room. And I look back at that and I'm like, Karen, you really did that. You, you freaking really did that. But you know what, y'all? The hustle was real. I was not going down. I was going to get it done. And I did. And I freaking did. I saw clients in my living room for months. And then I outgrew that space. That living room, I outgrew it. So then we moved over to the dining room area, which was bigger. Moved the table out of the way. Moved the chairs out of the way. Every single day, I was doing facials in my dining room area every day I had a brand new puppy and he would sleep in his kennel snoring away if you all can you all remember some of you may remember me doing this and it worked it really really worked and I built clients and I was getting referrals and I was getting bigger and bigger and bigger and then I outgrew that space and then we moved to a bigger place and I outgrew that space then we moved to a house And I had my own little studio and it just kept getting bigger. It got, it got bigger to the point where I was like, I can now start telling people I can't see you. I can't, like I was getting so busy now I could start turning away people. Not that I wanted to, but that I was now at a point where I didn't have to work seven days a week, all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Like now I could pick and choose when, what days I wanted to work, what times I wanted to work. And that worked for me. The business worked so well for me. I was doing really, really well. I was doing really well. Financially, I was paying off all of my bills. I was never late for one car payment, never late for a credit card ever again. All because I decided I am no longer going to stay in a work rut. I'm not telling you to quit your jobs whatsoever. But if you're in a work rut, figure out why you're in it. Can it be fixed? Can it change? Can it get better? And if it can't, go home and sit down by yourself and write out what you want to do and how you're going to make that work for you and your life. Because life is so short. And I know that is said a thousand times, right? Life is so short. We could, we could die tomorrow. And will any of this matter? Will it matter? You stressing yourself out at work, will it matter? No, it won't. It won't. None of it will matter. But doing something for yourself and then succeeding and making it successful meeting people in an in a new journey of your life that you never would have experienced if you stay in that work rut you have to decide because life's going to keep going by and if you don't make the changes in your life now you're going to regret it when you're too old and you really you can't make the changes anymore. And then you're going to look back on your life and be like, you know what? I really regret it that I never started that company, that I never gave it a shot. I never tried. You know, I have never, I've never hired a, um, a 
marketing team. Uh, I've been my own boss all the way around. I've been the marketer. I've been the secretary. I, I've been the actual one doing the business. I've done, I've, you name it, whatever you need to start a business, I've done it all. I hired absolutely no one to do it because it was my business. It was my baby. And I wanted to do it by myself to show myself that I could do it. And I did. And after being an esthetician for so many years, I finally got to retire. And I got to retire doing it my way. I, I said, this is, this is something I'm going to do my way. And it was incredible. So after that ends, you know, I have my father who moves in with me. My father has dementia and I had to take on the full responsibility of being his full-time caretaker. And by being his full-time caretaker, it meant I would have to put myself on the back burner for a little bit. But you can't put yourself on the back burner and expect to make money, right? So I still had to figure out, now what do I do? Now that I've retired from being an esthetician, now that I'm a full-time caretaker for my father who has dementia, what are you going to do? And... I opened up another business. I opened up a little bakery. And when I say little, it started off very little. It started off very tiny. But I did what I did the last time. I created a Facebook group. I created an Instagram group. Instagram group, And then I pushed it out to everybody I could possibly think of. Everyone. And again, everyone was supportive. And I have that company still and it's still successful because I never stopped I never ever stopped because I refuse to be in a work rut ever again I refuse to be micromanaged I refuse to go to work feeling sick I refuse to be unhappy and that is what you have to really sit and figure out you have to figure out what it is that's making you unhappy and then make the change and then be the change. You have to. No one's going to do it for you. They're not. They're not. They're not. They're not. You've got to do it. Do it for yourself. Do it for your sanity. And I swear, you will see a difference. Is it scary? Hell yes. Hell yes, it's scary. But if I can do it, everybody can do it. I'm telling you. You could reach out to me. You can ask me more questions. I would be happy to help you, give you any resources that you possibly need, whatever it is that you need to figure out how to be your own boss. If that's really what you want to do, I'm your girl. I can help you do that. The, the, the last thing for me is a body rut. Being in a body rut. Ugh. I gotta sit and think about that for a minute because that is just, that's hard. And you know why it's hard? Because it's another mental thing. It's a mental thing that can actually lead to really, really big problems. And um, I didn't, I didn't know if I wanted to share my personal struggles with body um, 
with food. But I, I promise that in this, in this podcast, I am going to be very transparent and I'm going to be very honest um, because I started this podcast to help people. And I can't help you if I'm not honest. I can't help you if you if you can't relate to what I what I've gone through, what I go through. So body rut. My whole life I have been very thin. Um all through high school I was 94, 95 pounds maybe. Um I was like that forever in a day. No one ever told me that that was going to change one day. Uh, I had my first son and I gained 60 pounds with my first son. I gained 60 pounds within six months. And my OB was like, Karen, you literally cannot gain another pound. But you're going to because this baby is still growing and you still have to eat. Um, I don't know why you did this to yourself, but the, this is this is not this is not what you were supposed to do. Your first pregnancy. And I'm like, well, it's done. My baby is healthy. Whatever. I would I would eat uh, Jack in the Box tacos and a root beer. Probably every day I would crave it, crave it. It was horrible how bad I'd have these cravings and yeah I gained 60 pounds right I'm don't ask me maybe it's because I'm I was young and I was naive and I had no idea how this was going to work but I thought as soon as I have my baby I'm I'm obviously going to have a 60 pound baby and after I have this baby I'm gonna go back to my size I'm not even worried about it I'm not worried about it at all I think I was a size two maybe even a four when I got pregnant with my son Reality hits. I have my son. He's born. He is five pounds, two ounces. Uh, you can do the math. <laughs> I, I am. I feel like I feel like a whale. And I'm like, wait a minute. I Why did I think that after I had my son, I was going to go back to being my tiny self? Why did I? Why did I think that? It was so hard going home with a brand new baby, a brand new body that I didn't recognize and falling into the rut of now what? Now what am I going to do? So they were like breastfeed. If you breastfeed, that helps women lose a lot of weight. Great. Perfect. That's my plan. Let's breastfeed. No. My son wasn't about it. I saw a lactation specialist, you name it. Nope. My son said, hell no, I do not want your boob. Get it away from me. I'm not about it. Give me that bottle. You and I are not going to connect like that. So I tell my nurse, what the hell am I going to do? This little boy will not, he will not breastfeed. How am I going to lose weight? And she's like, well, you know, work out, um, eat better, do this, do that. Yeah. Yeah, just just work out, eat better. Yeah, that's all. No, that was not my mind frame. That was not working for me. I joined Weight Watchers. 
don't ask me how the hell I stuck to that plan because I try to do it now and forget it. It's not happening. Stuck to the plan. I lost the weight. I lost all the weight. I was over the freaking moon, right? Got my body back. We're good. Everything is fantastic. Let's keep going. Here I am, brand new baby, got my body back. Everything is great. We keep going. I, uh, I end up getting a divorce and that's going to, that will be for another episode, but I end up getting a divorce from my oldest son's dad. And now I've fallen back into a rut because I was married. I have a, I have a child. I am newly divorced going through all of that. What am I going to do? So I, uh, I just, I go full force and I just go and, and have a good time and I'm living my life and I don't want to be sad and I don't want to be depressed and I'm trying to figure out how to navigate my new life without being married with the, with the, with the child. And I get into another relationship and I end up getting pregnant with my second son. Here I am now with two children and uh, I was like, this isn't happening to me right now. Like this, this is, this is not happening. So I went back and I saw the same doctor that uh, delivered my first son and I told my doctor, I'm going to do things differently this time. I'm not going to eat Jack the Box tacos and root beer every single day again. I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to work out. I'm going to care about my body. I'm going to care about my health. And I'm not going to do anything crazy. I weighed 118. Yeah, 118. When I found out I was pregnant with my second son. I gained 25 pounds with that pregnancy because I was working out I was eating right I wasn't drinking sodas I wasn't having teas I was doing everything healthy because I did not want to go back into that body rut again so that was my motivation so I worked out I ate right I delivered my son um, one month later after I delivered my son and I went for my checkup I weighed 111 and I was tiny, but I was also under a lot of stress. Um, I didn't have the most healthiest relationship with my, with my son's dad, um, with either of them. I did not have a good relationship with them. It was very stressful. There was a lot of turmoil. There was, um, it just wasn't good. And so I am... I'm very thin, but I'm at an unhealthy thin. And my doctor was like, Karen, you know what? You go from being really overweight to being really underweight. I'm really worried about you. You need to put some, you need to put some pounds on because you are too skinny. Um, you are at an unhealthy skinny is, is what he told me. And um, I started to see people and people would always ask me if I was feeling okay, if I was sick. And I'm like, I'm fine. Like I, everything is fine with me. But because I was at an unhealthy weight at the time, I got stuck in another rut. Now I'm stuck in this rut of I have to stay thin. And I stress myself out trying, trying to stay thin. And so I wasn't eating the way I was supposed to. 
uh, my son was breastfeeding morning, noon, and night. Like now this son, all he wanted to do was be attached to me. And I was, I was under a lot of stress. So I decided that I wanted to be healthy for my kids. And I, I figured out a way to get healthy. And I got to a healthy weight. I got to 125 and I stayed there for the longest time. And then I got comfortable and being comfortable means I started to eat whatever I wanted. I stopped working out and I got into another rut. Fast forward. I am now at a place where I don't feel I'm at a healthy weight. Um, people tell me, you know, Karen, you're not fat. You know, you just have curves. But when you look at yourself in the mirror, it doesn't matter what other people see. It only matters what you see, right? So when you're looking in the mirror and everyone's telling you you're not fat, you're just curvy, that doesn't help. You, If you see fat, you see fat. And you look at all of your imperfections. You look at all your cellulite. You look at all your, your roles and everything. And you're just like, I'm disgusting. And then there goes that word again. You fall into another freaking rut. I am learning now that I have to have a healthy relationship with food. So when I say in all of these situations that I'm talking about, you have to find out why this is happening. Why do you keep falling into different ruts? What is happening? When you figure out why the rut is happening, you can figure out the game plan to get out of it. So that's what I've been doing, figuring out a game plan to get out of it, to share the personal part of this journey with you is right now, currently, I do not have a healthy relationship with food. And what that means is I, I stress out with what I'm going to eat. Um, I stress out to the point where I don't even want to eat. And I don't know if this is going to be a trigger warning for, for, for any of you out there. If it is, please be aware that I'm going to be talking about food. <clears throat> not so much of a um, food disorder because it's not about anorexia. It's not about bulimia. It's, it's not about that. I think it's somewhere in between. I don't know if this has a name for it. I, I, it may. I don't know. But my issues are if I am sitting down to eat and I look at the plate and I look at everything that's on it and I'm hungry, I am going to pick and choose on that plate what I'm going to eat. And then after I'm done, I'm going to feel guilty about it. And I'm going to think I enjoyed that, but I'm probably going to regret it when I get on the scale tomorrow. I know it. I probably am. And then I stress about it and I stress about it and I stress about it. And then when it's time to eat again, I don't want to eat. I don't want to because I just ate crap before. And so when it comes time to deciding what to do for dinner, it throws me into a massive panic attack where I cry and I freak out. I get angry and I, I just, I can't, I, the thought of eating is just, 
it, I can't do it. So I have to force myself. And forcing myself to eat something, if my family, let's say that night, everybody wants Mexican food, and I know for a fact I cannot have Mexican food, my husband will say, okay, Karen, you know, then what do you want? And I don't know. Because let's say it's late and, and I don't have anything healthy in my pantry and I don't have, there's nowhere to go. No, nothing is open to eat anything healthy. I, I, I will just go into this manic fit of <clears throat> what am I going to eat? What am I going to do? And so this has caused a, a severe eating issue for me. And it, it puts me in a body rut. Because there are days I look at my body and I'm like, okay, it's fine. You know, I'm, I can live with this. And then there's days where I will go into my closet and I will just cry because nothing fits. Nothing fits. Nothing looks good. Everything makes, makes me, you know, feel very self-conscious of myself. You know, is this hanging out? Is that too bad? Do my butt look too big? Do my thighs look too big? You know, is my back fat showing? Is my, is my boob fat? Is the side fat showing? You know, I, I will sit there and I will just dissect my entire body to the point where I'm like, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving the house today. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I can't. I won't. I'm not doing it. And I know a lot of, I know a lot of us suffer with that. And it's not healthy. It's not a healthy rut to be in. It's not good for you. It's not good for anybody around you to feel that way. At all. So what do you do? Well, you have to break the negative cycle. You got to take care of yourself. You have to put yourself first. You have to change up the routine and you have to find your purpose. And with the, with the body rut, I work on it every single day. Every day I work on it. So instead of being sad and depressed and hating my body when I look in the mirror every day I say something nice about my body I say I have a healthy body it may, it may not be my favorite body type but I'm healthy I I have I've got two arms I've got two legs I've got I've, I've got a head I've got feet I've got hands I've got fingers I, I go through everything and then I have to say Karen, your body does not define you. People love you no matter what. Your husband loves you. Your kids love you. Your mom and your dad love you. You know, you, you go through these things and, and you remind yourself. And then you make better decisions, better planning. Now I go to the store. I pick healthy, healthy foods. I make sure they're in my pantry. I don't buy unhealthy foods for myself if I do it's in major moderation when I go eat I have already a plan I'm like okay I already know we're going to go to this restaurant let me go look at the menu let me see what they have let me not get overwhelmed with what I'm going to eat I have I have made a plan I'm changing the routine I'm I'm breaking the negative cycle and Having a plan has seemed to help me. Um, I hate working out. I loathe working out. 
But I'm not going to see a change unless I do it, right? That's that stupid change again that I hate. But I'm going to do it because I know that by working out, I'm only going to feel better. I can't feel worse. I may feel sore, but I can't feel worse. I don't think anybody ever says, oh, my God, I regret that workout because now I just feel 10 times worse and my body just looks worse. I don't think anybody ever says that. So I'm starting that. I'm making that change and I'm committing myself to it so that I I do it. I'm going to take baby steps. Um, I'm going to go a couple of times out of the week. My goal is to go five times out of the week. I'd like to go through Monday through Friday. But I'm going to do it for myself. I write myself notes. I leave myself notes. In the morning, I wake up, I meditate, and I say good things to myself. I always say that I have to block out the noise, block out any negativity, block out any drama that's going on in my life. And I, and I can't focus on that. I can't. I can I can't I can't focus on anything negative that's going on in my life because if I do I will drown myself in that and I will get nothing done and I refuse. I refuse to be that person. There are things that are going on in my life that I'm not exactly thrilled about. Um you know whether it be with family or with friends, but I have to say it'll work itself out. If it's meant to, it will. But I will not dwell. And I will not let myself go down a hole where I get stuck in a rut. I will always find my way out. Because I will always be striving. I will always be on the best hustle game I can ever, ever be on. Because I deserve that. And no one can tell me different. Because I am always going to be my number one best cheerleader. Even if I don't feel like it, I'm going to be. And you have to be. You have to be good to yourself. Live this life being good to yourself. Say that a million times. I'm going to be good to myself. I'm going to be good to myself. I'm going to be good to myself. Because your mindset is what does it all. If you have a shitty mindset, a negative mindset, you're always saying negative things about yourself to yourself. You cannot let any light in when everything is so dark. You, it's impossible. I tell this to my kids all the time. Do not say anything ugly about yourself. Don't say that about yourself because every negative, ugly thing that you say, you manifest and you believe. And you are better than that. So don't say shitty things to yourself. Don't say mean things to yourself because you don't deserve that. And you don't deserve to be mean to yourself. You just, you just don't. I really hope that this episode has helped you. I hope that my experiences help you. I hope you realize some things. I hope you make the change to get out of a rut if you are in one, whether it be in your relationship, at work, your body, your home life, your work life, what, whatever, whatever that rut may be. I really 
and truly hope that this has shed some light. I hope that you can relate to my story, my a way of, of being vulnerable and letting you in because I am I'm such a private person. So doing this podcast was very scary for me in the very beginning, but I knew in order to reach you, you out there that's listening, I have to be honest and I have to be truthful and I have to be vulnerable and I have to say I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect. We all go through our ups and our downs in our own lives, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Be sure to follow The Hen House. You can follow it here um, on Spotify and on iTunes. And I would really love for you to join my Facebook page as well. It's um, the same name, The Hen House. There is where we can discuss today's episode together. You can also leave your questions here. There is an area where you can leave your questions. You can leave your comments. Um, let me know if you liked this episode. Let me know what you'd like to hear. I am I'm totally, totally open for it. So thank you for letting me have this platform to talk to you, to relate to you, to be a part of your life, whether you're on your way to work, dropping off the kids, coming home, at home, cleaning, your day off, driving, whatever. Thank you for letting me be a part of your self-care time, your personal time. It means a lot to me. I will see you next week for episode four. Can you believe it? We're already on episode four. So I will see you then and I will see you here at the hen house. Take care of yourselves.